Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You held him at 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah, let's let Kirk Cousins fire us up on this Monday here. Two weeks, two weeks and a couple of days until Vikings training camp commences. And I think, I don't know, it's been about... A week since we've last done a deep dive uh, into Kirk Cousins on this show. So if you guys are ready, I'm ready. Yeah, you've done Got the some, research. Let's hear it. research here. Let's well, hear uh, so this is this is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, our executive producer. Daily Vikings Entertainment. And remember, the mission statement for the show is we want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. So if it ever feels like we're being too negative or dumping too much on the coach or the quarterback, well, it's because we have high sports standards. And as Judd talked about on Mackie and Judd earlier today, which you can also find anywhere you find podcasts, uh, we're not we're not going to be uh, we're not going to be gaslit as Minnesota sports fans. OK, we demand excellence. So we set we set a high bar. Damn right. So, um, uh, by the way, TCL is the presenting sponsor of the show too. enjoy more of what you love with TCL. So let's set this up last week. I can't remember if if I think this came from like a um, if it was like a, a question in the YouTube comment sections. But there was a debate about our use of the word garbage time as it pertains to Kirk Cousins and specifically when he's when, when the Vikings are one in five and Kirk is putting up these ridiculous numbers after they're one in five. And it's, you know, we, we talked about how well, the pressure's kind of off at that point. The expectations have been lowered. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get benched because Sean Mannion's your backup. And so once it's all free and easy, and, and you know, now that there's really nothing to lose anymore, now you play well. So um, the question that we set out to answer here in this episode is, is Kirk Cousins a garbage time quarterback? Does he build up his wealth of stats and and value exclusively in garbage time? And so I want to set this up by just pointing out that you can find any statistic, any prominent statistic, passer rating, completion percentage, um, yards per game. There's all kinds of different numbers that will show you that he is actually on par statistically with some Hall of Fame quarterbacks. He's third all-time in completion percentage. He's sixth all-time in passer rating. Only Rodgers, Wilson, Breeze, Mahomes, and Watson are better. Um, He's 15th all-time in yards per attempt ahead of guys like Brady and Peyton Manning and Breeze. All of the other quarterbacks that are mentioned here 
in and around Kirk Cousins in these in these quarterback stats are Super Bowl champions and have records well above 500, except for maybe like Desha- like Deshaun Watson is up there in the passer rating uh, rankings, and he hasn't done anything in terms of Super Bowl or anything. But Kirk Cousins' teams, on the other hand, are exactly 500, over 100-plus career starts. They've never gone deep in the playoffs. None of his teams ever in 10 years as a starting quarterback have ever gone deep in the playoffs. And the Vikings, the last three years, are actually 5-19 and 19 when they play winning teams when Kirk Cousins is their starting quarterback. So that's sort of the backdrop of how is it possible that Kirk puts up these like Hall of Fame-type numbers in these passer rating, completion percentage, you know, these yards per attempt. Like, how is he putting up Hall of Fame numbers, and yet his teams don't win more games? He's either the unluckiest dude of all time and just has had terrible coaching and defense and offensive weapons. And just like for 10 years, he's just, he's been holding it all together with his greatness just to get those teams to 500, right? Or there's something missing from his numbers. There's, there's a, there's an untold story in there somewhere that doesn't link his numbers to more team wins like it does for some of these other quarterbacks. And so that's the backdrop as we dive into Kirk Cousins' garbage-time quarterback. Before I get into some of the numbers and the data, Judd, from just an eye-test perspective, mm-hmm. you've been covering football for a long time, you've been watching football for a long time. What do your eyes tell you about Kirk Cousins as it as it pertains to the garbage quarterback uh, question? Garbage-time? So how, how he does in garbage time. Uh, my Like, do you think he's built his numbers and career off of, like, me- meaningless situations? Built his career off of meaningless situations is probably too strong. But do I think he thrives when the pressure is nullified by the circumstances? The answer is absolutely yes. And, I mean, Kirk Cousins, to me, defines the term of box score quarterback. I mean, if I was a fantasy football player, I'd love this guy because he throws for yards, high completion percentage, which you referred to. He throws for touchdowns. But, I mean, let's take in a nutshell. So let's subtract the fact that the Vikings' defense was not good last year, and let's just talk about what Kirk could control, okay? Because that's fair. So I'm not even saying, oh, man, he should have single-handedly taken a team that had a, a lousy defense, which the 2020 Vikings did, and led them to several wins. But let's look at week one of last year, the Green Bay game, when the Vikings were essentially blown out of that game. And what happened? Kirk led them back with a lot of meaningless yards and points. The points meant nothing. At that point, you might as well lose by 40. Your team, you're, you're done. Um, let's look at the Titans game when Kirk had a chance at the end, no matter what the circumstances were to try and drive the team far enough down the field to kick a field goal, not saying he didn't have to score a touchdown. He, he had to get them. He had to find a way. And that's what I want my quarterback to do. Can you find a way? And he collapsed. They did nothing. They went nowhere. They went backwards. If I recall correctly. And then the third game, the Falcons game. You're one and four. You're going into the bye. Literally a save your season game. And in fact, I believe in retrospect, because he did pounce back once the pressure sort of came off him, the Vikings in the new uh, playoff format ended up one win short of a playoff spot, right? So that Falcons game was the must win. You're off to a bad start, but going into the bye, save your season. 
and his first pass was picked off, and he played an absolutely terrible game in which I'm convinced if they had a real backup quarterback, he would have probably been benched, okay? So those are just three examples of if you watch him play and you watch this team play, and it gives me no satisfaction to say this, that has colored my impression of Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. So he, here's what the data tells you, all right? So I, I, have an, I have a new stance on Kirk Cousins based on, I would say, like three hours of like deep diving into some of the data last night. Stathead.com. There's some great resources out there. Pro Football Focus, obviously, but... Um, I think it's it's incorrect to say that he's a garbage time quarterback or that he or that he racks up most of his stats in garbage time. I think the most accurate statement would be Kirk Cousins performs very poorly in fourth quarter comeback situations relative to the rest of his career. And and you mentioned the the Tennessee Titans game where or the Seahawks game. Some of that is like Alex Madison, dude. You got to find you got to find one yard on that run, yep. and all of a sudden, then Kirk looks better. Yep. So there's definitely other factors involved here. But the biggest thing that separates him from the rest of the top quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that you compare him to, career passer rating and career completion percentage, and all these things, right? The thing that separates him from Breeze and Brady and Mahomes and Russell Wilson is how well those guys perform and maintain that high level of performance, if not get better when all the chips are on the table and you're down by a touchdown last five minutes of a game, right? And so I set out to answer that question first last night. Mm-hmm. Cocktail in hand. Good for you. Vikings YouTube numbers videos pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> the numbers are all <laughs> wildly off. I can't, I can't read my writing uh, anymore. Hey, honey, come here. <laughs> Look at these cousin stats. Those aren't cousin stats. Ah, uh, they're Joe Namus. Who cares? So, how well does Kirk play when trailing late in a close game? So, I define that by so these are fourth quarter comeback situations where where your quarterback is paid more money to help bail out the rest of your team, right? Like, yeah, I don't know what happened in the first fifty five minutes of this game that led us to here, but we're down by eight. You got the ball in your hands, and we need you right now, or. Hey, the defense has been terrible today, um, and so that's why we're down by four points with a minute and a half to go. No timeouts. Balls in your hands. Like this is where Pat Mahomes. This is where Tom Brady. Like that's why they're paid more money to to rise above circumstances, yep. right? So fourth quarter overtime, inside six minutes, and trailing by two scores or less. So the game is still within reach. You've still got the two minute warning. Presumably, you still have timeouts, and you need to score. Now, your offense needs to score. In these situations, in his 10-year career, Kirk Cousins has a 73.7 passer rating. And by the way, this is almost 400 attempts. This isn't like a small sample size thing here. Uh, That's 46th among qualified quarterbacks. Late, trailing, need a comeback, balls in your hands, 16 touchdowns, 16 interceptions in his career. In terms of passer rating and where that ranks, he's behind Mike Glennon, Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky, Josh Rosen, Trevor Semyon, Andy Dalton, Josh Freeman, and Christian Ponder. Let that sink in for a second. So he's terrible, late, close. You're trailing. Mm-hmm. Need you to need you to step up, rise above a, maybe a rickety offensive line. Mm-hmm need you to sort of figure out a way to get that ball 75 yards down the field into the end zone or into field goal range. 
in all other scenarios, okay, so if we strip out how bad he is in those late, close, fourth-quarter comeback situations, in all other scenarios, Kirk's career pass rating is 100.6, which would rank fifth all-time of all quarterbacks to ever play the game. So it's not that he's only good in garbage time. It's that he's really bad when the game is on the line and the and his team is trailing inside six minutes of the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and you got to have a score. When, the, when, when, when his teams are leading or it's tied and it's early in the fourth or it's the third or it's the second quarter, you know, all these other, you know, he's a good quarterback. He has limitations. He's not really mobile, uh, which is part of the reason why he's not as good late in games. But that is like... There's more here, but my biggest takeaway is it's not correct to say that he's just a garbage time quarterback. It's that the the biggest moments where you need him and need any quarterback, which is, hey, Pat Mahomes, can you please bail us out? We're right. down by nine points with six minutes to go, and we need a touchdown now, and then we need another one. Or, hey, Tom Brady, we're down by three. We got to get into field goal range here. We have no timeouts, and there's 50 seconds left. We just really need you to fix this right now. He can't fix it, and other great quarterbacks can. So, but that that's my that's my main takeaway, and that doesn't surprise you one bit. Like that is you, your takeaway from your statistical analysis that that you did with a few cocktails in, in hand last night. So, I'm margin for error, <laughs> a few percentage points. Um, your takeaway is exactly what I w- would have expected. Which is, and, and I mean, that reverts back to the thing that we've talked about forever, at least in Kirk's time here, which is yeah. he needs the conditions to be right. The worse the conditions become, the more he struggles to make up for those conditions. And so, and, and yeah, he's not, it's not like he is accumulating all his stats in garbage time. It just feels like the more that you, that you put him in situations where the pressure is reduced, the more mm-hmm. he thrives, which is if you're down by 21, the pressure's gone. Free and easy, right? Free and easy. Go. That Green Bay defense is in a prevent mode right now, and so you can complete passes. Titans game, it's a tight game. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen here? Okay, the blocking's breaking down. Um, what you found out is exactly what I would have expected. And that's not to say that this guy only accumulates stats in garbage time. It is to say that when the going gets extremely tough, look, I can give you, I think on one hand in Kirk's time here, three years now, I think I can give you on one hand, the amount of memorable big game type of throws at any point that he's made like big throws, right? Philadelphia year one, he he made that pass to Thielen which was a great pass. And that's the type of pass he can make. And I was like, wow, that's really impressive. Um, the Vikings won that game in part because of Kirk. You know, kudos, dude. It's your first year here. Can we expect this? The answer is no. Um, the Denver game. And by the way, being trailing in that game like the Vikings did was inexcusable. But nonetheless, you know what? Kirk brought them back. It was a nice comeback. Uh, Diggs who I thought was the catalyst for the comeback made what that big deep ball catch from Kirk yeah. again, another throw, throw and an, yeah, another throw Kirk. Can also, make. I'm so sick of hearing about the Denver game. Do you think like some of these other quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, no, they wouldn't Pat Mahomes, that. Tom Brady, do those fans even talk about all oh, this one time, that right. one time, but, but like that's, three years ago against that bad team in the regular season, like get lost. And this is my point. Though. No one cares. My point is these are on one hand. The Saints playoff game, the pass to Thielen was a huge pass. 
That was now the Vikings also screwed that game up, but I will give Kirk credit. He made a big throw at a crucial moment, which then set up his touchdown pass to Kyle. And so he gets credit for that too. And I'm trying to think of two more big throws that he's made when I've considered the pressure to basically be solely on him. So it's not a Dalvin bailout or something like that. And here's another way to look at this. So I've, I've just separated his career into two bins, right? There's, Hey, uh, trailing late in the fourth quarter, need you to help us. Just need you to bail us out. And then there's all of the other scenarios, leading, trailing, tied, all of the other quarters, early in the fourth quarter, et cetera. Well, what's the one weapon that gets taken away from Kirk late in games, trailing, defense knows you're going to pass, play action. In his career, Kirk Cousins' play action passer rating is like 25 or 30 points higher Mm -hmm. than when he's not running play action. Now, he's not a disaster when he's not running play action, but he is, if if you just rank quarterbacks the last three or four years based on how good they are running play action, he's one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not sometimes like first or second. He's, He's a really, really good play action quarterback. But when that structure and that deception gets taken away and it's just you and a defense with its ears pinned back and, in fairness, a rickety offensive line for the majority of his time with the Vikings, which is not helping him, um, but those, but all of that sort of factors in. You know, Russell Wilson, he's, he's going to be better at evading interior uh, pressure because he can use his mobility to get away from a bad offensive line, right? Yep. Um, so... When you take away the play action late in games, it's a huge, huge struggle for Kirk, and that's why he's been so bad in those those 10 years. 73.7 pass rating, worse than Josh Freeman, Mike Glennon, Trevor Simeon, Josh Rosen, Christian Ponder. Oof. And it's not surprising. I mean, that's the thing I come back to. Your research basically confirms what we have seen. And the other thing with Kirk, too, and I, I don't mean this to be a pile on Kirk, but the other thing with Kirk, when you talk about, well, I mean, look, he's with Brady and Mahomes and blah, blah, blah. Think about it this way. It's very simple. How do you overcome the moments that can define you? And by that, I mean bad moments. Tom Brady in Chicago in a primetime game last season forgot the downs. That's incredibly embarrassing. That's inexcusable. That If Kirk did the same thing, we would rip him for it, and he would deserve it. But guess what Tom did? He won a Super Bowl. So nobody's talking about, you remember when Brady forgot the downs? Mahomes, Wilson, Brady, any list of great quarterbacks, they screw up. But they overcome it, and they usually make the playoffs, and they usually have a slew of plays where you're like, well, yeah, he screwed that up, but he made these five great plays, right? Well, you know, so quickly, the year that Kirk turned around and threw the ball backwards in Seattle, did the Vikings win a Super Bowl that year? Did did they do something where we eventually could laugh and be like, yeah, Kirk threw the ball backwards in Seattle, but he won the Super Bowl or he got to the NFC title game. He did not. So how do you overcome the moments that define you? And if you don't, they're going to be held against you. Some guys just have a hard time when the pressure is cranked up, when the heat is turned on. In order to stay cool, calm, and collected, I'd recommend a pair of Chill Boys for our guy, Kirk Cousins. The most comfortable boxer briefs, and I am rocking them right now, Who isn't? that I have ever worn. Uh, give, me, uh, give me each one word to describe how you guys feel when you strap on a pair of Chill Boys during the summertime, especially. Comfortable. 
No garbage time here. Comfortable. Absolutely comfortable oh, in my yeah. in my pair of chill boys, dude. Comfortable. No such thing as garbage time. No such chill thing boys. as garbage time. Liberated. It's liberating my chill boys. I have I'm fifty one. Oh, I have oh. never, ever found a pair of underwear that are as liberating and comfortable, almost <laughs> to the point where I don't feel like I'm wearing them, but I am as chill boys. Yeah. Tell you what, chill boys, Minnesota based company, and they are passionate about one thing. Our comfort, chillboys.com. So you can, or I just ordered, I mean, come on. I just, like, I've literally gotten rid of all of my other boxer briefs. I just ordered three more of the, uh, yeah. the, 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 the gray boxer briefs. Just can't get well, what I thing. what I am so like impressed by is I've never been a briefs person. I despise briefs. I don't like, I don't like being tucked in down there. And th- and these are like the hybrid version of both boxers and briefs. Exactly. And now my mind is completely blown on what should Dude. be comfortable down there. It's Dude. blown. Trust us. They've Chillboys.com. They've redefined um, what you know as far as underwear so goes. Another garbage time. I like that. That's a good good tagline there. Um, another garbage time question. So people have given that. us flack about, hey, one in five, you can't call everything after one in five garbage time. And, you know, the, the, in fact, the, isn't the pressure cranked up even more because maybe your job's on the line? Maybe everyone's jobs are on the line. What is your response to because the, the best stretch of Kirk Cousins' entire career mm-hmm. came after the one in five start for the next two, two and a half months? That's the best football he's ever played. His, his passer rating, and I get that we're using passer rating here. It's not the be-all, end-all evaluation of a quarterback, but just like a general sort of across 40 years of NFL football. Um, he had a 113.6 passer rating with 24 touchdowns, three picks after the one and five start last year. So when people say, no, you can't call all of that garbage time, what is your response, Judd? The last two years, Kirk has, and look, Kirk has a lot of of things going on upstairs, I think, as far as mentally putting pressure on himself or reducing said pressure and thriving. My response is one in five last year, the pressure is gone in his mind because people have given up on him. He starts the season with the Vikings and he'll start 2021 the same way. Big expectations, rightfully so. Highly paid quarterback. You should be competitive with the best. And I don't know why, but that seems to get to Kirk. Um, and I'll go back to 2019 as well. I believe the Vikings were 2-2, two and two, so it was not a disaster. But when did Kirk uh, completely thrive? And I believe he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Month for, um, was it October? After the Vikings had that disastrous game where Diggs walked out in Chicago. In Kirk's mind, somehow it reduces the pressure when people are like, Kirk Cousins might get benched. This is really it. He's not playing well. Is Kirk Cousins a complete bust? He justifies that in his mind as, okay, now now the pressure's gone because the expectation, at least, has been reduced a lot. Now I'm going to show them. So that's my comeback. And by the way, when you put yourself behind the eight ball, like the Vikings did and like Kirk did last year, um, the pressure is gone. Nobody came back. They, they traded Ngakwe at the bye week. Nobody, when they came back, thought that they could beat Green Bay. Nobody expected a damn thing. We thought that they were done. There are some of us who think that they would have been better off riding it out and losing games to get a higher draft pick. That's not the conversation here. The conversation is how Kirk is mentally wired. And the last two years, to me, have shown that he's very comfortable when the expectations are pulled, are yanked away, and people are like, up. Oh, Clearly, he's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
obviously when you're sitting in a close game against whoever it may be, you know, Carolina, Green, you know, Green Bay, although they, they limited him to about six pass attempts in that Green Bay game out of the bye week, if I remember right, or I think it was like under 20. Um, it was dumb, yeah, man. like there's pressure within games to perform well, but ultimately the first six games matter too. So, in fact, they matter more because you got to get off to a hot start and you got to you got to set your season up right so that you can continue to and, and also so you can absorb a two game losing streak later on and not have it derail your playoff chances. So, yeah, maybe it's too aggressive to call it all garbage time, but it's sort of pressure is off, nothing to lose, and there's no rookie quarterback waiting to take your job time. And he tends to thrive in those situations. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. By the way, ESPN.com, our old friend uh, Jeremy Fowler used to cover the Vikings for the Pioneer Press like 10 years ago. And he talked to 50 executives, coaches, and players around the NFL and put together these like composite rankings at each position, the top 10 players at each position. And this morning, he unveiled the quarterback list. So this is according to people in the game who are the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Pat Mahomes is number one. Highest ranking, one. Lowest ranking, three. So somebody literally had Pat Mahomes ranked third. Okay. Amazing they should probably lose their job. Yep. Aaron Rodgers, number one. Or number two, yep. I should say. Yep. Tom Brady, number three. Russell Wilson, number four. Josh Allen, number five. <laughs> Matt Stafford's sixth. It's it's high right now. People are high on Matt Stafford training Rams. Nash football is MVP. Write that down. Including myself. I think he's going to have a huge year. I think being out of Detroit is going to be enormous, being with McVay. Mm. Dak Prescott, number seven. That's I don't, a little aggressive. That's a little, that's a little high. By the way, Dak Prescott showed up around the same range as Kirk Cousins in a lot of these late fourth quarter comeback situations. Did he? So did my guy Philip Rivers, who throws a lot of interceptions in those situations. Yeah, I'm not sure how oh. high on – I like Dak Prescott. I don't know how high on him I actually am these days. He looks the part. Right, that's Sometimes what I was going to say. I take him. Around him or train around. I'm just curious. You know? Lamar Jackson, number eight. Justin Herbert, number nine. Kyler Murray, number 10. And then there's quarterbacks also receiving votes. Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, and then Kirk Cousins. One NFC exec says, quote, he's a good player. He's easy to nitpick, but he's productive and great for that system. And I agree. For a, for a play-action system, in fact, you know, be careful what we wish for to some extent, wanting there to be more of a pass-centric approach to this offense. I think we have to sort of put a side note on that for me personally and say more pass-centric, but within the frame of what Kirk Cousins is good at. So I would say... Maybe like three more play action attempts per mm-hmm. game, something like that. Because if you're just going to have him stand back there and shotgun and drop back, like well, they Filippo that. style, yeah, didn't work out uh, too well. Yeah, and no, maybe it's different now. Maybe now that he's had a few more years under his belt. Like when he came here, he only had three years as a full time starter under his belt. So maybe now that he has six, maybe you could get away with some of that stuff more. 
Um, but I don't know. I, so, yeah, he's a good player. The executive said he's easy to nitpick, but he's productive and great for that system. And by the way, too, his his fantasy quarterback rankings, he was actually more of a, a tier one starting quarterback in Washington. Since he's arrived in Minnesota, this is according to Pro Football Reference, which I believe just takes ESPN's like standard format. So I, I think they just rank it on this score. But he's in his three seasons, he's finished 13th. 15th, 11th among NFL quarterbacks, which honestly, if, and I haven't played fans football in six years, but if, if you're ranking in there, that, that's a bot, that's like a fringe tier one starting quarterback fantasy football because you're basically the 11th or 12th best fantasy football quarterback. He's good, not saying it's like not worth starting over, but he hasn't necessarily been as high as he is, even those garbage time situations. Mm-hmm. He's basically been a tier two starting quarterback for fantasy football. Hmm. So, would you guys, you know, just to bring this conversation full circle, would you guys ra- uh, rather have would you rather sacrifice some productivity, you know, 90% of the time, or would you rather have an unbelievable late game comeback quarterback for the 10% of the time that those snaps take up? You know, because he, because so Kirk Cousins in late fourth quarter comeback situations, which take up about 10% of his career, right? In terms of pass attempts, right? He's one of the worst in the NFL. Among like regular starting quarterbacks, but for the other ninety percent, you know, when given the right system and everything else, mm-hmm. he's he's pretty damn good. Would you rather have? Would you rather sacrifice some of that ninety percent to have an unbelievable late game guy like a Russell Wilson or somebody, or even like I mean Ryan Tannehill's been really good late in games the last couple of years. Yeah, too. it's been great in Tennessee. I would rather but, have, but, but he might implode. He might implode early and cost you a game. I would know? rather have door two because I think with the way that this league is structured now, and there are, it feels like just from the eye test that there's so many close games now, fourth quarter type of games, that sacrificing that almost completely, which to your point, Kirk stats do basically, isn't an option to me now. Um, and you're also keep in mind too. The Vikings are built on defense, which means the games are often going to be tight. And so, like, I do need Kirk to then step up and win games for me. And he's almost incapable of that. So I I would sacrifice some of the statistical success that you see in the first three quarters for a guy who would have a fighting chance to keep games alive a little bit more in the fourth quarter, scramble around, find some guys, and win late games. Because it doesn't feel like there's going to be enough one-sided games in my favor to sacrifice that. Dex, what about you? Would you would you sacrifice the ninety percent where he's really good for a much 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 better late game comeback quarterback? I probably would, uh, just because number one, two, that guy. I know Ryan Tannehill has gotten paid and, and he he has a hefty contract as well, but also I, I probably aren't paying as much money for for that player. I can build out my roster in a different way, so. I, I, there are misconceptions about Kirk. I am surprised. Judd said, you know, he, he said he's not surprised by where he ranks in those pass rating situations in the late game. Situ- I mean, if you're that bad, that is eye opening to me. That is that like I, I didn't think he would be as bad as Josh worse, excuse me, than Josh Freeman and other quarterbacks who you listed in that ranking. That is shocking. Like to me, that is absolutely shocking that he's that poor. Um, but it does confirm what a lot of people think about Kirk Cousins in that, yeah, he's fine in these areas, but when the pressure is on. The dude melts every single time, every time. And then, of course, well, yeah, but like if you gave him a better offensive yeah, line, always, but yeah. that's but that but that's the that's the circular argument. It's like, well, yeah, if you gave anyone perfect circumstances, well, and then if you didn't like, make why as would much, I, why would I, 
Why would I pay that guy to be the third highest quarterback in the NFL if he can't overcome some of these deficiencies that are right. caused by his contract to begin with? Right. And now we're back to the and this is the Kirk Cousins cycle of discussion. And your guards could be great if Kirk didn't make as much, and consequently <laughs> Joe Thune could be yours because you could afford to sign him. So yeah, that's the problem. Uh, yeah. But I, I, in today's in today's game, I would I think you need a guy that has the ability to win games late. I just do. Yeah, someone who can run around, and that's why I'm, I'm so obsessed with the idea of some semblance of mobility, right? The ability to, mm-hmm. if something breaks down, you know, think about, think about when you think about the great fourth-quarter quarterbacks, and Tom Brady is a different breed because he's strictly a statue pocket passer, but he's also amazing at feeling pressure, yes. adjusting his offensive line, understanding every little nuance and reading defenses better than any quarterback that's ever walked. But there's a lot of improvisational things that have to happen in the final minute or 90 seconds. How often do you see a fourth quarter comeback or a, or Super Bowl highlights late in games, right, where it's just drop back, five steps, seven steps, perfect offensive line, throw a dart six times, eight times, right? It's usually Montana rolling to his right, Elway scrambling away, Eli, you know, getting away from someone and making a play. And it's like it's it's football, Super Bowl winners, and and Hall of Fame quarterbacks are littered with improvisational off schedule success. Absolutely. And that's, that is the thing that separates Kirk from the other guys that he ranks among with some of these stats. But you have to, to be those guys, you have to be willing to embrace failure. The David Tyree pass, right? What was the percentage of that being completed? I mean, the man caught the ball on top of his helmet. Um, But, but in that case, Eli knew he had to make the pass. I don't know. Kirk can always pull the trigger on that pass. Like there's sometimes I think because of how Kirk thinks like Kirk wants to have things. And look, this is how Kirk, how God made Kirk. Okay. So this ain't changing, but Kirk wants to have things be as perfect as possible. And football and pro sports is defined by things probably being as chaotic as possible at times that matter the most. Yeah, I think that's so I think that's accurate. Um, real quick, uh, we, we have a, a fun clip to play for you guys. Just speaking of Vikings quarterbacks or a future Vikings quarterback, we have a clip here in a second. But live racing is back at Brainerd International Raceway July 16th through the 18th. It's the second annual Jed Kopp Memorial Race of so this upcoming weekend. Uh, and it's a full weekend of live racing. The Trans uh, the Trans Am Series presented by Pirelli. Uh, open wheel racing, bracket drag racing series, uh, all kinds of fun things happening at Brainerd International Raceway. And by the way, the Trans Am Series has been a 50-year tradition at BIR. Ticket and camping packages available now at BIRMN.com, BIRMN.com. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated. They've been helping us keep the lights on through a difficult year and a half. Uh, both on Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily and Federated helps keep the lights on at your business when times are tough. You want to make sure you have that guiding hand standing behind you and your business, trusted resources and people, and that's what Federated provides. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, they are one of us, and you can find out more information about all the resources they can provide, whether it's the 7-Minute Safety Trainer, My Shield, um, you name it, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Let's hear from the future quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, talking about his favorite future target. Uh, yesterday, a longtime teammate of mine, uh, you know, playing with Adam Thielen and Alex Smith, you know, was in my draft class, and Adam's become a good buddy over the years. Let's see what this event's all about. It's a lot of fun. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and Adam Thielen 
another celebrity golf event, yucking it up <laughs> about what they're going to do to the NFC North in 2023, gentlemen. What would you have given to have that conversation between Thielen and Rodgers bugged? Because oh. you know you know they talked about it. Do you think you Rodgers is broached. telling people? I don't know, man. Maybe. I feel like so little information has gotten out that if he had been if he had been talking to people throughout no, the league or I don't think he's telling people, but do you there is no way that Thielen didn't say, You thinking about it? But do you think like obviously Thielen asked that question, right? Yeah. Hey, are we we're we playing each hear. other this year, right? I don't think Aaron is talking to anyone. I, I feel like he's been on his little like yeah. self discovery mission all off season and yeah. there's none of the NFL insiders have any information on what's happening. You haven't heard a Schefter report. You haven't heard a Rappaport report. You've heard nothing for three months. I bet there was a knowing glance exchanged when Thielen said to his buddy, come come wear purple. A couple of years from now, you should be wearing purple. We can ride off into the sunset together with a Lombardi (laughs) in the back of the station wagon as we parade it down I-94. And Aaron said, oh, uh, that sounds I, interesting. I, I told you guys this on Mackie and Judd. I feel like it's such a complicated path. Like the Packers would never just send Rodgers to the Vikings. They're not going to cut him. If if he ever doesn't play for Green Bay, he's either going to be retired or the Packers will have traded him for like three first-round picks. Mm-hmm. And so they'll trade into an AFC team, the Broncos or the Raiders or somebody. He's under contract for three more years, I think through 2023. So – he would have to either play out that contract and then come to the Vikings when he's like 41, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with, or he'd have to be bad and they'd have to be done with him, and then he would come here as like a shell of himself and a and a broken man. I don't know if there's another scenario. He I don't think retire, there's a Brett Favre. He could retire. They could renounce his rights and then unretire. But don't haven't teams learned from that that like Brett Favre tricking the Jets into oh I'm totally retired guys you can totally renounce my rights nothing to see here I'm just mowing my lawn down in Mississippi that's right I'm just throwing it out there that a vindictive guy like Aaron Rodgers could find a way to try and uh, circumvent the system a little bit okay just throwing it out yeah. there Shogudi Mark Murphy more importantly. Matt LaFleur and new well, Vikings my, coach Eric Bieniemy wouldn't kick a field goal down late in the game, late in the playoff game. I just have a hard time seeing him like put his tail between his legs and go, like, like, how does he go back to that training camp after everything that's been reported? Apparently he's been sending like mocking texts to all of his friends on the team, making fun of Gutekunst and Mark Murphy. You know, I don't know. I don't know I how don't you just back. like go back to camp. Do you think he's and going I don't back? Think they're gonna, I don't think they're going to trade him at no, this point. No. I, I would put my money right now, and he probably sits out the season. Amazing. Oh, Declan's got to write that down prediction on the board that I think has him showing up to train. I have him showing up. So, yes, he just has to show up. Just show up, please. I just don't see, with his ego, I don't see him putting his tail between his legs and doing that because he's rich enough to sort of thumb his nose at him. Yeah. If they trade him, wouldn't it make more sense at this point to wait until like the October trade deadline so that like what what incentive would they have to trade him now as opposed to like oh. October 20th? Yeah, you wouldn't want to give him a full training camp with somebody you yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. If, yeah. if, if somebody wants if somebody wants to trade for him, they can trade for him, you know, after week 8. 
Yeah, because it, it's not like you would um, free up a bunch of salary cap room and make a big move right now. There's no one to sign. So, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. This is going to get – I think it's going to get deliciously ugly. <laughs> like, it's going to be great. Here for it. Two I'm weeks ready. from Vikings camp, from awkward beginning of Packers Absolutely. camp. Absolutely. It's great. So, all right, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, Daily Vikings Entertainment, even, yes, during these doldrum periods where there's nothing really happening. We always have things happening in our minds as it pertains to the Vikings. And you can find us on our YouTube channel, Purple Daily. Click that subscribe button or anywhere you find podcasts. We appreciate you listening. We'll see you guys tomorrow. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is hosting the 2021 Land Lakes Legends Classic, August 6th and 7th. See some of the greatest names in the history of women's golf as they compete in the inaugural Land of Lakes Legends Classic, presented by the Meadows at Mystic Lake. The Legends of the LPGA Tour is known for its fan-friendly environment, with lots of opportunities for autographs, limited roping, and photo ops after the rounds. To learn more about the August 6th and 7th event, stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com, owned and operated by the Shakopee and Walkington Sioux Community.